What's up, guys? Back at it again with Korekara. This time we're gonna be getting into host family. Host families. So, host families are definitely a part of studying abroad. If you've ever been or are interested, you can kind of gauge and kind of take our experiences for what they are. Even though you already know it's gonna be uncut, like this is how we do it out here in Korekara. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, for reference, Eric and I have both been in our own study abroad, albeit at different times, but we both have had a lot of experiences in, I guess, the semester we had pretty much living with host families. And we went to the same school. <laughs> Secret on that one, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was before we knew each other that Raza went. Yeah. yeah, what a coincidence, right? A school reveal at 100,000 subs. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot. Hey. So it's a well-maintained secret. When's our face reveal? Oh, shit. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> this is a good question. That's probably after the, the school reveal, yeah, right? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, well, no. Yeah. No, we'll, we'll have a face reveal after the school reveal. So, hey guys. First, first let's get to the, the school reveal. Then... Face reveal coming right up, man. <laughs> Sounds good. Oh, man. All right, anyways. Before we even get to our face reveal or our school reveal, let's get into our host family. So, yeah, as Eric was mentioning, I had gone and done a study abroad before I even knew Eric. And I went to this school. And a couple of years later, Eric just happened to <laughs> he just happened to go to that school, too. But right before he went to that school was when we met up at the other school we yeah. also went to. It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our, our host, our main school. That's where we met yeah, up. Yeah, we, we have a main school and we got a side school. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, once we hit up our side school, <laughs> came into contact with our host families. So... <laughs> I guess since my experience happened first, I guess I'll just get right into mine then. And we can kind of go into similar experiences or I guess we'll see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, before we get into all that, there's a couple terms that people use for host families, right? Is there any difference between any of those? I know, for example, there's host family, host stay, homestay. Oh, yeah, yeah. And even Japanese, there's like, Homestay and like host the family. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's key key differentiating. Just kidding. There's not really much of a difference. Yeah. <laughs> maybe there is a maybe there's like a technical difference between them. Yeah, maybe homestay. I would say is probably more of just staying at a place, whereas host family, you're actually like interacting with the family. Each every day. Oh, that makes sense. It's like host family, you're actually a part of the family. And homestay, it's like it's as if you're like a maid in a in a mansion and they don't really like make eye contact with <laughs> That's you. That's kind of sad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, some of my friends when I studied abroad they had that kind of experience where it's like, yeah, I don't know my host like host parents, like I barely see them. They're at work all day, every day. And I yeah, so they're just like basically living in the house. Oh, I see. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. kind of a sad experience. I mean, at least yeah. they get to stay in Japan, but it's kind of sad. Yeah. 
Well, speaking of words, um, in our last podcast, we were talking about the word animu. animu. We both heard of that word before, right? Yeah. So I, I look. I I went and looked it up after our podcast, yeah. and animu refers to the type of person that likes to pronounce words in its original Japanese pronunciation. Oh, so like the the even if they may be wrong, <laughs> right? So yeah, so it's like people are like I don't watch like anime. I watch animu. <laughs> but in Japanese, it's pronounced anime. <laughs> How does that even make sense? So, <laughs> I mean, so you can imagine, like, people with this, with the homestay thing, they'll be like, no, actually, I went on a homestay. <laughs> when I was in Japan, I stayed with the host of family. <laughs> yeah, not, not, not a homestay. I don't know what the hell you'd get that shit out of your mouth. Like, yeah. hosto yeah. family. <laughs> like, <laughs> Anything else? I don't. I'm not. I'm gonna pretend I don't understand what you're saying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man! But I think host families are they're kind of unique to maybe Japan or Asian study abroad. Because I don't really hear of my friends who go to Europe really doing host families. They really much rather stay in a dorm so they can party all day or travel Europe. That's true. W- what do you think about yeah, that? Yeah, usually when I hear about my friends going to Europe, it's more about the party and just exploring around everywhere and just traveling between the different countries. It's not so much about staying in one place and interacting with the people. I guess maybe it's a lot in terms also of you you already have like English as like a baseline where you can go through all the countries and it's it, it really is a universal language through Europe for the most part. So I think that I, I feel like everyone can just go focus on the travel aspect. Yeah, I think people who study abroad in Japan, they most people who study abroad in Japan, they want to learn Japanese, right? But I don't think it's the same th- same thing for people who study abroad in Europe. I think a lot of people who go to Europe, they just they don't even think about studying the language. They just go ahead and explore the country. Yeah, food. Exploration, <laughs> checking out all the various sites to see, and and then studying. <laughs> yeah, another part is just um, it's just that another part is just that there's such a huge amount of uh, cultural norms in Japan that you won't be able to see if you didn't live in a Japanese family. Oh yeah. It's so different than how it is in the West that you really have to be living with Japanese people to kind of understand their culture. Yeah, definitely. Especially if you're in an apartment by yourself, you're just going to do what you do normally. You won't really go and, I guess, explore the Japanese cultures and norms. Yeah, so if you're if you don't normally take off your shoes and you go and have your own apartment, you're probably going to go in and you're just going to throw your shoes out like, oh, fuck it. Like, I don't care. Like, this is what I do normally. Like, yeah. <laughs> but and you'll probably never even know, like, never even learn about that cultural norm if you don't live with Japanese people. Yeah, until you have that one Japanese friend come over and, like, have a very <laughs> terrified face at what's going on, all the atrocities being committed. <laughs> <laughs> no slippers being used no nothing like honestly i feel like slippers yeah. like it's probably i guess case by case i've seen japanese households where slippers aren't as big of a deal but i would say for the majority it's 
definitely like a big deal to have slippers all around the house. Yeah, I don't really like slippers. It's kind of, it's like in Japanese you say mendokusai. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and that's just for all you guys who don't know, it just means kind of a pain, pain in the ass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But my host mom actually told me that if you go to your friend's house in Japan, it's kind of rude if you just uh, are barefoot in their house and just walking around because like, your feet's like dirty as fuck. Mm-hmm. So like the cultural norm would be you either have socks so that you have at least you have like some coating, coating around your dirty dirty yeah. ass feet or you put on sli- slippers definitely definitely yeah and slippers are tough because those slippers are really tiny like <laughs> you, you know you know oh yeah yeah, I, yeah have you ever been to like those those hot spring inns where you have the the bathroom slippers or i guess in any hotel really is that are you talking about like the wooden the wooden, yeah, the wooden one wood, like wood. traditional yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I never, I never tried those. Oh, yeah, I mean, at least where I've been, each time they were so tiny, I was like, oh, my, my feet are dying. But I usually, I usually had socks on, unless like for those situations where maybe I'm getting out of, after I take a, a go into the bath or, or the onsen, and I need to, right. be not touching the ground. <laughs> Yeah, with, with those wooden shoes, I can't, I mean, wooden sandals, I can't really see how they'd be comfortable. And they're only supported by basically, like, two little blocks on the bottom. So it seems so easy to trip. And they're also, like, two inches tall. Oh, well, uh, I'm, not, I'm not talking about those specific ones. Although I, I have tried, though, that's that was an experience of <laughs> within it of itself. Yeah. It, it's more of a... I think that's called a zori in Japanese. Oh, is it? Yeah. It's like I knew that. <laughs> Fluent Japanese speaker, by the way. <laughs> Just checking you. I might say a random word and see if you know. <laughs> Gotta stay on my toes out here. Man, it's the... <laughs> out here being checked by my own co-hosts over here. <laughs> uh, anyways, getting back to host families, though. Uh, we we kind of had different family structures, I guess. Mine was more along the lines of a pretty big family. So to put it into perspective, I had a host, host parents, a host grandparents, and host brother and sister. So that was that was it was a pretty energetic all the time. And then they would have relatives that would come over a lot too. So it was it was always it was always a fun time. <laughs> I think that's that's the best way to go about it if you're learning Japanese because you get all the different kinds of Japanese. You get like the old people talk. You get the baby talk. <laughs> you get like you can hear like people talking with each other. Oh yeah. Even like because like if it's a small family, they're all talking to you. So it's gonna be like super weird Japanese or like baby like beginner Japanese, which is like unnatural. Yeah. But, yeah. But I remember you told me about your host family experience before I went and studied abroad. So that's why I requested a, a family with a kid. <laughs> but, I mean, we can get into it a bit later. It wasn't really as good of an experience as, as yours might have been. Yeah, sometimes it might just be a roll of the dice. <laughs> yeah. Man. I was matched with my host family about two or three months before I was going to arrive in Japan. Uh-huh. And 
they, they we, we were having like this email exchange and it was like actually kind of difficult for me because like I was still like getting used to Japanese and it would take me quite a long time to actually like, compose and reply to the emails. Oh, yeah. And at that time it was like the summer. So I was like, I was like working at an internship too. So uh-huh. I, it wasn't like I had a lot of time. Mm-hmm. And then, so they would send me an email from Japan and I would like try to like respond to it in Japanese. Uh-huh. And then as soon as I respond, they would like send another email, <laughs> like within like six or eight hours. It was like super efficient and it was like always like super long. Uh-huh. And then it would like get more and more complicated. Oh, wow. And then like, it would like get to a point where like the email has like 15 things I need to respond to. It was like, there's like 15, 15 like, action, action items. items. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, it's like, have you seen this? Do you like this TV show? You should check out this video. And it was like so many things that I'm like, oh fuck, I'm work. Oh, and then man. like one time I'm just like, okay, I'm just gonna reply in like the day after tomorrow. Cause like I was traveling for my internship too every week. Mm-hmm. Like not just like commuting, but like traveling um, like lo- long distance. Yeah. So it was like get almost kind of stressful. So I didn't reply to them for two two days, right? I'm like, okay, after I get back home, I'll, I'll reply to them. Uh-huh. And then like they sent up a follow up email, like, is everything okay? Like, what happened? <laughs> I'm so I'm super worried about you. Oh, okay. <laughs> something may have happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, and at that point, I was like, okay, either this is like a really great host mom, or it's gonna be like really anal when I get there. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> I guess. A little foreboding until for what comes. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> but did, did you connect with your host parents like before you went abroad? Yeah, actually. So <laughs> when when you said that was actually news to me. Like my experience was more of a YOLO. Like so, pretty much. I got. I guess also. I guess the program was a little less developed. Like when it was my time, because I did a, a couple years before. Right. But when it was my time, pretty much, I never really exchange any emails or anything i just got an email from the school and they were like here here's a here's a picture of your host family and like here's a list of their names and i was like cool like (laughs) i I, I took a look at the picture like oh they look pretty nice they had a dog they had a cat i was like it was pretty dope it was like a huge family i was was like nice did did they write you a letter uh I think they so yeah they wrote me a letter. Oh, actually, so I had to write a letter, just a basic one. I wrote it in English, but I had sent it to the school. I think they just said, "Oh, go write a letter," and then pretty much they sent me a letter back. But after that, it was really no communication. And I would say that letter was super general. It was it wasn't anything, I would say like concrete or like back-to-back communication in your case (laughs) it was just like hey like this is who we are we have um this many people in our family we have a dog and a cat i hope that'll be okay look forward to having you uh see you soon type of thing and yeah that was pretty much it until i actually met them (laughs) also my host parents were there it was like the first time for them to do it was it was that the same case for you it was it was actually but actually surprisingly a lot of the other host families in the program they've been doing it for like over 10 years there's this one grandma who's been doing it for like 30 years and she's like 80 or 90 something oh my, my friend actually had that grandma too <laughs> <laughs> oh man there was this there was this one family there was this one family 
where there are these two girls, like two sisters, uh-huh. and they were so hot. It, they were like incredibly hot. Really? Yeah. Oh wow. Well. But I think they requested like a a girl girl only oh, kid. Yeah. Oh, I see. Well. They were both like the same age as me too. <laughs> Did you ever come <laughs> over, man? <laughs> no, no, I didn't. I just saw them at the at saw them the ceremony, like the first one and the last oh, one. Oh yeah. Oh, you're like oh fuck, like what could have been, yeah. man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, I guess when it came to actually meeting my host family, though, you guys can actually check it out. It was I talked about it in our first podcast where I had this self introduction event. And I didn't know any Japanese, so <laughs> you should you should go check out how that went. But anyways, after I came back with my host family for the first time, and I was over there, so it was the host mom and the host sister who picked me up. And and the host sister, she was five years old, so she was really cute. Like a <laughs> it was. <laughs> bro, okay, calm down, bro. Calm down. I don't know what the hell you're thinking, man. I don't know what the You started laughing. Yeah. <laughs> Saw your face, dude. I was like, why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> oh my god. Alright, go ahead. Yeah, no, so um like um <laughs> talked to um or we, were, we came back and so i pretty much met them first and it was it, it was interesting because i i couldn't really communicate the best it was a lot of single words and pointing bring out the google translate here and there to get ideas across but i i came in and then as soon as i walked into the house i i was greeted by the host grandma and the host grandpa. The host grandpa was, I guess, uh, was really on the old Japanese side in terms of, I guess, the Japanese. So it was really hard for me to understand him. But he was he was really nice, though. He was super welcoming. And although I couldn't really understand a lot of what he said at the time, he really made me felt feel welcome over there. And same with the host grandma. Wait, honestly... My host grandma, she was the, like literal MVP. Like she would be out there doing like everything for everyone like, without asking. I would I would just be doing maybe something. I, I guess like I would wake up, right? And she's like, oh yeah, like every, all your food's ready. Here's that. Like I even packed you something that you can eat at, when you go to school and stuff. <laughs> and like, oh, I made you like your favorite this. And like she she knew she knew everyone's taste she knew every everyone's everything basically and she was like the ultimate support <laughs> it was pretty wild Dang. yeah so did you interact mostly with the grandma or how about the parents like were they mostly home so the host dad he had work pretty much every day except for sunday so I wouldn't see him as much until dinner time, but we would have like pretty good talks. And he actually really liked manga, which was <laughs> a pretty refreshing touch. That's pretty surprising. I know. I, I would. I never expected it. Like he was, I guess, about the old school anime and manga. So <laughs> here and there, like I, I stuff like Dragon Ball Z, 
that was something I watched a lot in my childhood, and we would have talks about that. Right. And he would introduce me to other stuff, so he, it was super chill. And on the on those Sundays, he he was he, he was like the Sunday MVP. Like he would take us to so many different places. We would go and like travel to random places, I guess close by, except uh, not like super close by, but we would like drive maybe like two three hours to different places. One time we went <laughs> a couple like a three hours away and. We we went. It was I guess a mountainous area, and we I, I it was like a it was a pretty green mountainous area. But we kind of went up, and they had there was this pottery area. It was it was a random like it's like one of those places where you know over here you could probably just go and just make pottery in like a studio. It it was kind of like. It was right. kind of like that, except it was a completely traditional Japanese pottery making. Do you know? Do you know what that's called in Japanese? <laughs> I believe it's called toge. Man, get the fuck out of here, bro! Let me tell my story, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! All right, go ahead. <laughs> man, trying to hit me with the surprise vocab over here, man. <laughs> oh man. Anyways. We, we went there, and pretty much I got taught by this, like, Japanese pottery master on how to make how to make teacups out of clay, and it was actually pretty cool. I, I, I'm not going to say my, my work was the best, but it was, it, it's definitely usable. I still have it, like, to this day, and it's, it's pretty cool. Damn, that's so cool that you, you get to keep it. Yeah, yeah. P- pretty much they, like, went and sent it back, I think. So after, like, I made it. They went and sent it back maybe a month and a half after. So it, it came in a nice box and two I got my two cups of um that of, <laughs> of the clay cups that I made. So did they make it look all nice or did they just send it back exactly how you made it? Oh no, they sent it back how I made it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, no <laughs> I don't <laughs> can't be disrespecting my work like that you know true <laughs> although i mean I, I wouldn't mind you know like they just come in and it's like not and not at all yeah. what i did is just like a perfect cup <laughs> <laughs> like they just sent one from the store <laughs> I, I feel like some places do that <laughs> yeah because I, I i saw it on terrace house and they went to this place and they made it and it looked all shitty uh-huh. but then when they opened up the box like a few weeks later it was so it was so beautiful oh they probably were about that um that publicity stunt yeah oh yeah probably because like the store is being featured yeah <laughs> if they <laughs> if the terrace house people get some shit things back it's gonna reflect badly on the store right <laughs> but it sounds it's it's cool that your family was super extroverted and that you could hang out with them a lot because my host family was definitely on the introverted side. Like, from the moment that I saw them, so I was like, on, there was this moment where we were on stage giving our self-introductions to all the host families, or all the students, mm-hmm. to all the host families. Yeah. And there was this moment where I saw them. And then from that moment that I saw them, I could tell they were already, like, super introverted. Uh-huh. Like, they were, like, really, like, trying to make themselves, like, not take up a lot of room. Uh-huh. I mean, that's, like, a Japanese thing, yeah. too. But then it's like I could tell that they were really quiet. Mm-hmm. And so after the self-introduction, and then I went up to them. And at that point, I've been studying Japanese for like eight or nine months. So I could already speak and understand a lot of Japanese, right? But definitely not to the point where 
I would I was like really expressive or I could like really express my personality, uh-huh. but I could say like a lot of basic um I could say stuff like to get around. Mm-hmm. So at that point I was like, okay, I'm going to use like the Japanese. And I was like thinking about the sentence for a while. It was like I was going to say like like uh-huh. like how long does it take to go home? And I yeah, so I thought about that and then I said it to them and then the dad looked at me and then he was like kakarimasu. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh my god. Like he spit all over your life's work, <laughs> yeah. dude. Like Yeah. And the thing was like I said it in a normal speed too. Like I didn't I didn't stumble and I didn't like say it in like a, a weird accent. I was I just said it normally. Mm-hmm. Like hey, how long does it take to go home? And then they're just like, it takes ten and then he did it with his hands. Like he displayed the ten with his hands, like ten minutes. <laughs> like super patronizing. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, man. And then, yeah, the car ride home was, like, it was kind of awkward because it was kind of just, like, the, it was just kind of, like, an uh, interrogation. It was, like, asking questions, and then they just get, like, an answer instead of, like, a really... Um, Natural conversation. Like, a lively thing. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I think, like, on, on, some, um, on some level, it was kind of hard to connect with them just because, like, we were on different wavelengths a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And they were definitely more used to a, a, a really quiet family like they had one kid who was around 11 years old and because he grew up never having a lot of people around him in the family he was uh, really in Japanese it was called wagamama uh, so that's uh, like he egotistical gets, yeah. yeah selfish so he would like he wouldn't like share anything like he he doesn't even want to like talk to talk to me mm-hmm. uh he would just like be playing on his like on his switch <laughs> and yeah i remember like the we we got home and then the mom's like why don't you uh, play the switch with Eric? And then he's like, okay, fine. And then he, we got out of the switch and we got out like smash. Oh yeah. And then like, his like fucking, I don't know if his switch was broken or like they got it second, like second hand, uh-huh. but none of the, none of the controls were working. It was impossible to play the game at all. Bruh. Like I could not control the character at all. And he couldn't control his character at all, but he was like, just like completely fine with it. And he's like, yeah, we're playing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But it was just completely broken, the, the controller. Oh, man. Oh. Yeah. How could they disrespect Smash like that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of the, the best games, man. <laughs> yeah. But oh, I think man. maybe he never played a, a functioning Switch, mm-hmm. so he just thought, like, this is how you play the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like some bootleg Switch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wonder what, <laughs> like, some black market Japanese <laughs> Switch, man. I've never, I've yeah. never heard of anything like it, but I mean, <laughs> maybe they got it off of some third-party seller on Amazon JP, you know? <laughs> Non-refurbished. Non-refurbished. <laughs> oh man, yeah. I, I think one thing that really, I guess, helped me with my host family though was prior to having me, even though I was the first um person who they had for as like a host family homestay type of thing oh i probably just triggered a couple people with that one put the two terms together someone's gonna be like it's actually hostel family or homestay choose one like (laughs) oh man anyways before they had me staying over they the host mom and uh my host sister pretty much they would go and they, they would go to this weekly meeting that where they would kind of discuss different languages and because they were really interested in 
foreign countries, or I guess you would say Kai Guy. <laughs> I gotta go drop the, the vocab this time. <laughs> right. Wait, are they interested in foreign countries or interested in Gaijing? No, they're interested in the countries. They're interested in the countries. Oh, okay. But like, a, a, okay. as as a result, they're like interested in Gaijin in terms of, I guess, learning from them and learning more about other cultures. So they're they're really right. interested within that aspect. And um, I think at the time, they were they're, they're spending a lot. Or the host mom was spending a lot of time on her in her spare time. She's actually a nurse, so she works a lot too. So. Um. Yeah, she was. She's learning Korean. So I, I, we mentioned this previously in our other podcast, but Korean is really similar to Japanese. <laughs> when when I came in, she was really welcoming and really understanding that I may not know all Japanese, or I may not just instantly know all their culture. And instead of I guess being really like, here, this is. How you eat food, or like some some shit like that, right? Like something really yeah. like I guess disrespectful, I guess in terms of our culture, I guess. Like if someone walked up to you, like man, get 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 out of there with that shit, you know? Like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, they're really I guess understanding, and they would help me more with language in terms of just I guess speaking normally. And if I didn't understand something, I would. I would just go and clarify, and in the beginning, clarifying was a lot more difficult because obviously my Japanese level wasn't really there. So it really came in terms of I guess transferring ideas through Google Translate. But really, the more I heard at like native level speaking, the more I was able to really understand what was going on in all the different situations, and it made Japanese learning and I guess speaking completely different compared to if I was just doing it I guess by myself or in a classroom or maybe in like a situation where there wasn't much talking going on at all yeah that makes sense were there any rules in your house it was I guess we didn't really have rules I guess it was really like I, I guess I, I kind of just treated it like they didn't give me any rules, but I, I was I'm always I guess really respectful towards other people's stuff, so I, I wasn't trying to go and mess around or like fuck with anything. And if if I was unsure, I'd go and ask them, and they'd be like, "Oh yeah, no, go for it." But I from what from what you've told me, I've heard you you got some yeah. pretty pretty strict stuff going on. Yeah. I mean, I come from an an Asian country, so I definitely. Already have the a similar uh, kind of similar mindset to a lot of Japanese people where I don't I wouldn't try to like invade their privacy like I wouldn't, I wouldn't like I mean I don't know if it's like an Asian thing but I wouldn't like try to like go through their stuff yeah, or anything definitely. like that. But the first day they gave me a list of ten rules, and um, yeah, so they sat me down as we arrived at the house and then they went we went through the rules and one of them like a lot of them made made a lot of sense so some of them was like uh, don't enter the parents' room. Um, if you're gonna come home late, just like text us, uh, tell us when you're gonna go out with your friends, or just like basic stuff like that. But there were also some rules. Like um, there was one rule that was, when you pee in the bathroom, make sure you sit down. And I was like, well, that's kind of <laughs> yeah. weird. Like, how are you gonna know if I sit down or uh. not? And yeah, so basically for that rule, I was just like, fuck, fuck, 
You're not gonna know if I'm gonna sitting down or not. That's so weird. I'm just gonna pee. I'm not gonna sit down. No, it's like they got and a then, security camera set up. Like, yeah. So like the, I just like went ahead and just peached standing up, uh-huh. like, for the for like a day. And then the next day they sat me down again and they're like, "Did you understand the rules?" And then I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, I understood every all the rules." And then they're like, uh, let, "Let's uh, can you get the rule sheet again? I want to like walk through walk you through all the rules again." And then so like, I'm like, "Okay, what?" And then like, I got the rule sheet, and then he like walked through every single one. And then by the 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 peeing down was the first rule too. Yeah. So like by the first rule, I'm like, "Okay, I see that you're trying to tell me that I messed up on this first rule." So I kind of understand, but then he's just like, "No, no, no! Let's act out every single every single rules." And he had the kid like, like act out like, "Okay, here's how you pee sitting down." Like he had the oh kid like god. sit on the toilet and show me how he could like pee sitting down. Oh my god! But yeah, as I was thinking about it later on, like how they knew, yeah. I think it's just when you pee standing up, there's like a there's like a sound, so they're probably like really triggered <laughs> by that peeing sound. <laughs> So later on, what I did was I would just pee, but off to the side of the oh, bowl. Oh, yeah. So it would, <laughs> yeah, so outsmarted. <laughs> 200 IQ, baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 40 chest with the thin walls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, there was also some, like, kind of, I guess that's kind of like a cultural difference. I don't know if other people do that at their houses, but... What was your? Did you have to pee sitting down? Did they ever talk about that? No, they actually never said anything about that. If anything, the my host brother, host like dad would do that like all the all the time. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah. It should be it should be a personal choice. Like why do they care if I'm sitting up or or down? I know. Maybe maybe someone in the comments can enlighten us with uh, if if it if yeah. it does something to the toilet or something. Yeah. <laughs> maybe somebody's like super triggered right now. Some like, Japanese person. Yeah. It really. I guess. Enlight- make it help us understand what what the rule like what the reasoning behind the rule yeah. is but some other cu- cultural differences i found were in japan a lot of people do their laundry every single day oh, like yeah. in the house that i stayed at they were doing their laundry every single day and the first day that i was there i took a shower and then they had some towels prepared so i used one of the towels yeah. and then i just like hung it up as i finished mm-hmm. and then i went back to the living room to chill with them yeah. and then the mom went to the bathroom to like to like pee or whatever uh-huh. and then she like said eric come here right now and then she like told the whole family to come to the bathroom and then she pointed to how i hung the towel and then they all just like laughed at me <laughs> and they're like what are you doing <laughs> and i'm like what and then they're like you, you can't just like put this in the laundry basket you should use one towel per day and i'm like okay whatever <laughs> it's like became a public humiliation yeah like, hey, eric hey fuck you you're stupid as fuck <laughs> yeah <laughs> Dude, if anything what i'm doing is better for the environment like reusing a towel yeah uh, in my in my experience is actually the exact same they luckily i didn't get publicly humiliated they, they just told me yeah just go go put your towel in the laundry after you're done i was like I kind of questioned it, but I was like, I was like, it's, it's their like rules, you know, like I respect everything like about like them and their privacy. So I didn't really question. I'm like, all right. I mean, once I got used to it, it was actually, and didn't really, I mean, once I got used to it, it was a lot more convenient just because you would have all the shirts every single day. It's not like you gotta wait till the end of the week to 
wear the same shirt again. Yeah, and I guess it, it puts more perspective to all these anime characters wearing the same clothes every day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but there was this, I had this one shirt that I was wearing a lot, and uh-huh. then like at one point, this uh, my friend of mine was like, you wore that shirt like four times this week. <laughs> Maybe his family wasn't on that washing clothes grind. Yeah. They, their, their laundry wasn't yeah. there, man. <laughs> but how were you able to balance like hanging out with all the other study abroad kids and hang out with your host family so i i would say so i'd go to classes in the morning so i'd I'd spend breakfast time with the host family and then we'd go to the station together because we all had to go from the station so i had a lot of interaction in the morning with them and then at school had a lot of interaction with everyone from the study abroad during lunchtime and i i'd go hang out with them Uh, i'd say like here and there it was mainly during the weekdays and when i'd do things with my host family i was like long like like a really like i guess long hangouts it would be mostly on sundays and sometimes on saturdays i'd also actually play basketball a lot with my host brother we'd go like <laughs> it was hella insane but we'd go five wake up 5 a.m in the morning and we'd go to this park and we'd just go play for a couple hours and then we'd come back go take a shower and then just head to school <laughs> like it was nothing damn <laughs> yeah so yeah when i was in japan i definitely had a habit of waking up way earlier i, I feel so much better over there to be honest like waking up early it's so bright yeah yeah also i don't know if you normally eat breakfast but before I went and studied abroad, I like almost like never ate breakfast. I would just like wait until lunch. Uh-huh. But in Japan, it's like you have to eat breakfast. It's like you have to no matter what. <laughs> and there was like days where I didn't want to wake up so early because uh-huh. I didn't have class until like maybe like 10 a.m. or something. Uh-huh. But then they would like wake me up, so I ha- so I had to like, eat breakfast. Oh, so so you could just never and sleep then, in. Uh, yeah, and then like some of my other study abroad friends also like express the same thing where they didn't really want to eat breakfast mm. and also like for them breakfast was uh prepared way earlier like maybe like 6 30 or oh, something wow. and then like like no matter what they they couldn't ask them to like not make breakfast damn i, I guess it was also because you know in in terms of the host family i guess the contract they made with the school they have to serve breakfast oh yeah this yeah that's true but then also, I think I think part of it is just that's one way that families in Japan show that they're they care about the people in it. Mm-hmm. And if they don't prepare breakfast, it's almost like the housewife of the family has failed. failed. Yeah. <laughs> so they, they feel a responsibility to make to breakfast, breakfast uh-huh. like no matter what. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah I, I guess what I was trying to go with the other point is, I guess, another really Japanese cultural thing, which is they're really if, if they make a commitment they follow through like they and they will do everything to follow through with that yeah yeah they really like um they really like routines Mm -hmm. everything's based off a schedule and yeah from for the most part a lot of i guess the other host families i i met when i went i guess visited some of my study abroad friends places it was very i guess systematic in a way I, i would say my host family it was it, it was systematic but i guess less so not really i guess pragmatic it was really 
th- there's a lot of different stuff going on because the my host brother was in high school so he had his own stuff and then host sister was in preschool at the time so everyone was really on all different schedules like the host dad had his job which got made him have to go super early host mom was early but i would go at the same time as her so everyone was kind of like running around doing their own things but everyone did have their own schedule at the end of the day but it's nice that at least they still have a a regular like normal schedule like for my host family especially my host dad he was working as a truck driver so his hours that he worked was completely variable Uh so there were some times that he would go to work as i was coming home like at 11 p.m or something and there were other times where he would come home for work for and then sleep for an hour and then just go back and drive for another 12 hours really yeah and then there are other times where it's like we're eating dinner and then he's just like okay i have to go home right now like and then it's like his boss calls him and i can hear his boss like yelling (laughs) throughout the phone and then he's like i have to go right now (laughs) oh wow (laughs) damn i've never i've never seen something like that (laughs) that must have been yeah, he was he was definitely living a super stressful life. So it was actually surprising, like why why they wanted to have a like a host kid in their family. Uh-huh. And I asked I actually asked them about that because like it doesn't really seem like they want a host kid in the family, mm-hmm. or were they like extroverted in like bringing me to or wanting me to bring me to places. Mm-hmm. And what they told me was like they wanted their kid to learn English, <laughs> but the kid didn't want to learn English. Uh-huh. So they thought, like, if we bring the foreigner into the home, the kid's going to be forced to, forced to learn English. <laughs> and then I was like, okay. <laughs> and they even asked me to teach English to the kid. They're like, I want you to speak English to him for at least 10 minutes a day. Oh, it wasn't even speak English. It was like, I want you to teach English to him for 10 minutes a day. And I'm like, I never learned English, so I don't know how to teach him English. Like, how, where am I supposed to start? Uh-huh. Right? Yeah, wow. And there were other times where I was just like playing with him mm-hmm. and then they would they would just be like, all right, English. What would you say that in English? <laughs> How do you say that in English? Oh, yeah. Man. And they would just like oh, keep trying to bring English into every conversation that it was just so awkward. Mm-hmm. And also like their concept of how to study English was also like not effective. Like they would just like have a Japanese phrase and then be like, how do you say that in English? Like, how do you say itekimasu in English? It's like, there's no, there's just no, I can, you can translate it directly, but like people don't say it even. Yeah, you know, no one ever says that. Like, <laughs> it's, it's a yeah. very Japanese thing. And I, I guess that brings like another, I guess, big point in terms of, I guess, more so just Japan, which is the, I guess the English teaching curriculum is, isn't that great, to be honest. It really, I guess, breeds like everyone that I know who's Japanese and has learned English and I guess everything I've looked up more on this as well everyone is really just they just hate English because of like how it's just really a testing kind of like how we had Spanish right Right. it's like oh take the test and you're done and like don't want to do this again it's I guess more so like that with English except I guess it's a lot more strict in terms of what's going on in the schools and the classes and by the end of it people can understand like sentences but they really just don't ever want to speak it as soon as they're out of the classroom it's it's just back to what's convenient and fuck english yeah actually they all start like it's mandatory english starting middle in middle school, school yeah. so most 
uh, college freshmen or high school graduates have studied English for about six years. Yeah. And for the for the host kid of my host family, mm. I mean for the kid in my host family, <laughs> yeah, that was he. Good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the host kid in the host family is me, but <laughs> the kid in the host family, he was going to an Aikaiwa. So that's just like a a juku for English, and a juku is like a a place where you can go get like lessons. And he was doing that for seven years, and he couldn't formulate any sentences, oh, wow. like a single sentence. Uh-huh. So this is kind of surprising. Yeah, I guess that point is just the system. <laughs> yeah, I mean, also it's like if the kid doesn't want to do something, like why, why even like waste your money and time to make them do things? Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. I, I that's definitely a big thing, and I feel like it really goes for anyone learning anything. If you're gonna say yeah. like, like if you like, oh, I don't want to go learn how to play piano, and your parents are keep like keep on forcing these lessons on you and you like just never practice you never do anything you're not going to learn the piano yeah and another thing is like when people talk about motivation it's like people might ask um like i i, I go to the gym a lot and a lot of times people ask me like how do you get the motivation to go to the gym like i can never get the motivation or like what are ways i can like boost your motivation like boost my motivation uh-huh. but the thing is like if you don't have motivation to do something, then why do you even want to do that thing? For real. Like, just do the things that you're motiv- motivated to do, right? Yeah, just do what you want to do. And I, I feel like it, once you once you find those things, like, it just becomes more of your routine schedule, right? It yeah. just becomes natural. And Yeah, it's like you when it's part of your routine, it's, like, it's harder to not do it. It's, you want to do it every day. Exactly. And I, I think that's, like, probably people are kind of finding this to be like, oh, the age old like question of like, how can I be motivated for that? But I think it's really just super simple at the end of the day. Just, just do what you like and you'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> and if like, and I guess if you, if you have, if you're not really sure about it, you go and do a little research and see if you are. And if you are interested, just keep on doing it every day. And you're going to be somewhere. It's all incremental at the end of the day if you keep on doing it. All about consistency. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but f- for the kid in my host family, I, I kind of felt bad for him because he, I feel like he would rarely see his dad because sometimes he would, his dad would be home, uh-huh. but they wouldn't be able to talk because his dad had to sleep because mm. he would have to go to work in six hours. So like he would come home and immediately go to sleep. Uh-huh. And even though the kid's home, he can't eat with us. He just had to be sleeping. Oh, that, that is yeah. pretty sad. Not really much. Yeah, there's a there's actually a word for the kind of lifestyle that he's doing. Uh-huh. It's called a chuya gakuten seikatsu. So that's just your days and nights are reversed. Ah, uh, like a nocturnal <laughs> life out here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh. But it seemed like for him it was actually just nonstop, Work. and sometimes he would like not even have time to sleep. Oh wow, that's rough. That's rough. Yeah. And and plus. He was driving trucks, right? So that's like super dangerous, dangerous to yeah. to be doing Don't like sleep. sleep deprived. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, gotta get a make the work environment all good over there. I actually heard in yeah. um, Japan they're they're actually auditing the work system at least for salary men because I'm sure a lot of people may have heard of how hard salary men work in Japan. Pretty much work to the bone until. <laughs> all the way until nighttime until there's no train to get back and then they'll go stay at maybe like an izakaya which is i guess which is like a restaurant 
or a karaoke bar until the next day, then go straight back to work and continue. Yeah. I mean, culturally, there's that word, karoshi, karoshi. which has has bled into the Western culture, too. But it's basically just like working yourself to death. Yeah. And I think recent in recent years, the Japanese government has been trying to pass some laws where it's there's like some restrictions on not working over a certain amount of hours each week. And I think that's called like hataraki keikaku or something like that. <laughs> I mean, a literal <laughs> name literally makes sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All according to Keikaku. <laughs> I don't know if you know that meme. No, I don't know. Oh, shit. Pretty much there's this one, I guess, anime. I don't I don't know what it was. It was more so like this became a meme off of it. But someone was doing the subs, right? And they they said in the sub, someone's, <laughs> they're just like, all according to Keikaku. And then, you know, sometimes how you have that little sub note for the subtitle. And, <laughs> yeah. and in the sub note, it says, Keikaku means plan. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> and it just became a huge meme. Like, oh man, that reminds me of like Pro ZD's. Uh, his he has like this video on subs subs versus dubs. Have you seen that? Before? I haven't. But it's like it's just like how sometimes in when subbers are translating, they'll like intentionally keep the Japanese word. They'll be like, there is no there's no equivalent translation for this word. Oh yeah yeah. So like. Yeah, he did like a skit, and he's like, "You are my Nakama," and then like it sounds like Nakama means friend. There is no no equivalent translation for Nakama, so we decided to keep it as Nakama. Oh man! All right, guys, next podcast is how we're gonna talk. Like, we're we're gonna we're gonna go and use random Japanese words, say there's no English equivalent, and then give you a little footnote. I mean, this podcast we use a lot more Japanese words. That's true. Looks like we gotta tone it down now. We're, we're giving away too much. <laughs> no, no, no. You should you should comment. See if you like that. We can we can turn it up or turn it down. Yeah, yeah, for sure. If you want us to really come through with more Japanese words, or you just want us to go have our classic English, you know, we're, we're, we 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 do what you guys want. We're korekara uncut, like. <laughs> yeah. Or or we just do how we're doing. Have a nice balance, <laughs> like Thanos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly as all things are. <laughs> yeah it's like we gotta go change our logo to thanos i guess <laughs> a fox a shiba inu and thanos right in the middle where he should be <laughs> <laughs> all right so speaking of i guess times with you and your family and i guess all those rules you <laughs> you actually told me beforehand about one big rule that I guess really shaped your Japanese host family life, right? Yeah, like they had a, a curfew, which in Japanese is called mongen, and the thing was like it wasn't part of the rules. Like they actually said in the beginning that there is no mongen. Like you can come home whenever you want, but just let us know what time it is. Mm-hmm. And so, like especially the first few weeks, I was like hanging out with a lot of people, like like almost every day mm-hmm. and then they would like message me so much even though I tell them like what time I was going home mm-hmm. that it became clear that they really didn't like it when I was like out late uh-huh. and I was never I was never out like that late because like in Japan you can't if you're past if it's past oh. 12 you can't even go home because the, the trains are are shut down mm-hmm. so I was like home by 12 
during the times that I went out, but they were still like like noticeably unhappy. Or like when I came home, they would be like uh, kind of like cold or uh, upset. And then, so I just like confronted them and asked them like, "How come you say there's no mongem, but then you always like <laughs> you're like treating me like this?" Yeah, and then they're like, "But actually, we would like you to come home at before nine. <laughs> They hit you with that and psych. Like, you, yeah. <laughs> and then they like said like, oh, the reason is because um, the kid has school the next day. So if you come home at, at night, it will disturb his sleep. Oh no. Yeah. Oh no. But yeah, he doesn't even sleep that that early. So <laughs> I don't know if it was just like a bullshit excuse or something. It's like what what they thought about their son, but they're just it's like idea of like oh like uh, i guess along the lines of him like teaching him english too i guess (laughs) where they have this sort of idea in their head where they're trying to like force it upon both you and the son but like i was still like uh okay with it and i wanted to be respectful because i was like living in their house right so like we came came to an agreement of like i'll come home at 10 Mm -hmm. on the days that he has class the next day and if it's like the weekend then i can come home at 12. Uh So that was like perfectly fine because it's not like I was like trying to party every school day, yeah. right? But there was like this one time where we had a long weekend and I went out like like every single day during the long weekend. So that was just like two days, yeah. right? And then the last day I'm like, I went with uh, some of my friends to go to this onsen and then we were gonna go to the onsen at night. So we were probably gonna go- get home like kind of late. So I texted, uh, I texted my host family like, is it okay if I go to this, go to this uh, onsen, and then I'm probably gonna come home around like 12 or a little bit past 12, uh-huh. and then they just like straight up said no. Oh. They're like, you need to come home at 10 today, and then I'm, I was like kind of pissed at that point because uh-huh. it was like, it was still like within the rules, but then they were just like trying to, like exert it for no reason, right? <laughs> and then. I was like with a Japanese person too, and I showed them the text, and they're like, "Yeah, your host family is like really weird. This is like not normal Japanese behavior." <laughs> yeah, ironically, like if I wanted to like go and be out late, my host family would be like, "Oh yeah, totally, go for it. Like have fun. Like <laughs> do what you yeah. want." And and the things like they wanted me to come home, but there was like they were so like quiet at home all the time too. Like we had a routine where. Um, we would eat dinner every single day at like eight, and then we would eat till like eight to nine. And then starting from nine, they would just like turn on the TV. Like it was like just like clockwork. They would just like turn on TV, and then we would just like all sit there and watch TV. And then Japanese TV is just quiz shows like all the time, and I didn't even want to watch it. <laughs> but you were forced but, to. So it was like, it was like hard. To, yeah, I was like forced to, and it was like hard to talk to them too, just because like they were just playing the TV all the time. So I guess it kind of like faltered your Japanese learning too at that point <laughs> like just limiting your yeah. conversation I mean I eventually was able to learn Japanese just like by making Japanese friends mm-hmm. and yeah it was like mostly through just hanging out with like Japanese people rather than my host family uh-huh. the the workaround out there <laughs> so I mean I did try to like talk to them later uh-huh. on because like at one point I actually I told my um like the counselor at the school who was managing the study abroad students, I told her that, that like, I kind of want to switch families because like a lot of people uh, did switch families, but they were in like much worse circumstances. Mm-hmm. And then she asked me why. And I, I told her like, just like everything I just said just now. And she's like, okay, I'll talk to them. And then the next day 
when we got home and after after dinner, there was like no TV. Just like it was like they like moved the sofa too. Like the TV was like in a different area. <laughs> the school came in. And I mean, so like yeah, yeah. So at least like they were still trying to like make things work. Like accommodate I think. you better. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then after that, I did like try to talk to them like um, maybe for like an hour after dinner every every um, every day, but then. It was still, like, definitely kind of hard to, like, keep a conversation going. Mm-hmm. It's, like, when you connect with somebody, it's, like, effortless to keep talking. Yeah. But then some people, it's, like, you got to keep you gotta keep pouring the energy in to keep the conversation alive. And it definitely felt like that. And, and plus, like, Japanese was, like, a foreign language to me. So it was, like, even harder. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah. I, yeah. I guess it must have been tough on their end, too, because they're probably dealing with a lot of stress, especially, the, the ho- like, the host dad. And I guess... It's, it's kind of a difference. Like, they, they went and got you in there, I guess, to teach English to their son. But I, I, they probably didn't think, I guess, that part through where you're also trying to learn Japanese and you want to have conversations. And I guess they're intro- just them being introverted also makes it a little difficult on both sides. Yeah. Like, our if you look at our line um, history between me and my host family, it seems like a business... <laughs> like a business transaction <laughs> like i showed it to some like japanese friends and they were like laughing just because like it was just so professional the <laughs> the the conversations between me and them and it was like so cold like i will be home at 6 p.m <laughs> is that okay yes <laughs> and they're like yes hi <laughs> hi oh man yeah you, you have all the keigo going on with them <laughs> Yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> all the way through? Yeah, all the way oh, through. It never, it never lifted. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and I never heard from them again after I left. And I even sent them a New Year's card, and there was, like, no response. Oh, that's, that's kind of sad. <laughs> yeah, but it's all right. You lived in Japan. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. I mean, overall, I think it was, like, a really eye-opening experience. Mm-hmm. Like, I got to, like, live with Japanese people and see how, like, Japanese people were living, like, in a lot of those cultural norms mm-hmm. and, like, the fa- family dynamic. Yeah, I, I think... Yeah. I, I feel like, at the end of the day, any experience you have with the host family is going to be valuable in its own right. Everyone is yeah. different, and everyone's i guess gonna have the same overall cultural values but you're gonna find something special and different with each experience you have so like for example if you guys might be going out and going to have a host family you're gonna have you're gonna have a different time than the next person who is going out with their host family and it, it could be really rewarding or it could be tough but at the end of the day you can take the things that you learned from the experience and move forward and grow as a person from that yeah, beautifully. <laughs> and also, like, they, they did my laundry and cooked me food. So it was definitely, like, better than it was worse. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie, dude. The food was, like, bomb. <laughs> the food was bomb. Yeah, the food was so good. <laughs> and they fed me so much, too. I know. If, if anything, they were, like, they're, they're trying to feed me more. Like, I, I'd be, like, yeah. literally stuffed. And they'd just be, like, keeping, like, oh, you, do you want any more? Like, we got you. And I was, like, yo, like hit me up in like yeah. like like an hour i'm down like <laughs> <laughs> i heard of some other uh kids like their host families like they wouldn't make food for them and i remember i was talking to this guy and i was like wait it's part of the contract you know they have to make food for yeah. you and he's like yeah i know but like they just won't 
Oh, wow. <laughs> so he has to, like, he just, like, had no food provided to him. Oh, that's kind of, because you have to pay for that, don't you? Like, when you have your initial. Yeah. <laughs> so they just, like, basically yeah. stole the money away from the food expenses. <laughs> yeah, but he was, like, a really, like, passive guy. So he didn't want to, like, talk to anybody about it or even, like, pressure them. Uh-huh. He just, like, accepted it. Uh-huh. But that was still, like, an okay host family experience. Like, there was this one girl that I knew, like, she she had a family where they didn't have a mongen mm. and so she would just come home and she, plus she was part of a club so she would come home like pretty late like almost every day uh-huh. and then it seemed all fine until one day she got a letter from her host family and it was just like a brutal letter oh, wow. like all typed up in japanese of like her the mom expressing how dissatisfied she is with her oh wow and the thing is like she used this one specific word in japanese fukai and that word means like extreme like dissatisfaction and it's like a really powerful word that japanese people don't really use so it was like it was like a yeah (laughs) wow that's like a total blindside right there yeah there were definitely like some hosting experiences that i heard that were like much much worse than like what i had to go through so i would say like mine was like relatively a a pretty positive experience yeah and and when for my study abroad class i would say a lot of the bad experiences that i heard were i i guess more on the student side there there like there is this one girl she'd be like yeah like i go home i go and force them to go like <laughs> look at my cosplays and like i don't like their kids i don't know i don't know why they keep talking to me like i i just don't like them i, I don't like the kids at all and then and then she got the the letter from the host family right and she was like what the hell like what's yeah. wrong with these people like why, why would they, like why would they do that like they're totally in the wrong here and i'm just like <laughs> all right like <laughs> yeah like some people got kicked out of their host families by their host families oh yeah there was this i heard of this one story where this italian guy was staying with a with this family with a kid and the kid was like also like really like wagamama, so they would argue a lot, and he would also argue with the family, and so one day they were arguing, and then he kicked the he kicked the dog, whoa, whoa. <laughs> like the family wait, dog, the and then he just got kicked wait, wait, out. Pause, yeah. pause. Are you, are you <laughs> telling me he kicked the dog? <laughs> yeah, he just like kicked the dog. Dude, what He's the like, fuck? fuck he just kicked the dog. Dude, that, that guy should get kicked yeah. out of like everywhere, bro. Like. <laughs> He yeah, me, kicked out of Japan. Literally, though, he got kicked out of Italy for that one, bro. <laughs> Dude, you, you can't just kick a dog, bro. Yeah. Oh my god. But who knows what they were arguing about, or how heated it was. Hey, no matter what, like you can't kick a dog, though. No matter how. Yeah, that's true. Like a dog, it did nothing wrong. A dog was not arguing in that in that situation. I know. That's that's just sad. Oh my god. Like no matter yeah. who was in the wrong in that situation, like you can't do the dog like that. Yeah, there was this one guy who uh, he had insomnia, mm-hmm. so he would like always like go out at night because he couldn't sleep. Oh really? Uh huh. Like in the middle of the night to go to like the kombini and then come home like in the morning or something. Uh-huh. And he just got kicked out. <laughs> They're like, we don't want to hear this shit. <laughs> the door opening and closing. <laughs> insomnia. That's fake. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's a lot. <laughs> You can really have any experience, I guess, when you have host families 
yeah, comment below your host family experience. Like, we'll, we'll read it if it's uh, if it's interesting. The next podcast. Yeah, we'll go check it out. We'll, we'll go let everyone know about your <laughs> host family experience. We'll give you our thoughts. We'll give you a great. No, I'm scared. We're not gonna give you a great. <laughs> <laughs> we'll reply to every single comment. Yeah. All right, guys. If you want our opinion, make sure to leave a comment below. If you have any questions, we'll answer them. All right. But I think that's a good point where we can wrap up the our host family podcast. I'm sure we'll have more host family podcasts down the line. It was just, I guess, really scratching the surface in terms of all the things that happen with our host family. Maybe we'll bring on some guests to tell us about their host family experiences. Yeah. Yo, just a little preview of what's coming. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want to spoil too much, but it's going to be lit, guys. <laughs> It's going to be... That's too far. Oh, gosh. I spoiled too much, bro. Oh, man. Oh, man. But, yeah, guys. Keep on the lookout for our Korekara moving forward. We got a lot of special and exciting content coming up. Really looking forward to that. Seeing how <laughs> our uncut experiences and our guests oh I, I don't know how much i should be saying man i don't know how much. <laughs> i'll leave it at that for now check out the, just leave it at <laughs> that. check out the next episode guys we'll catch you later i'm rasa i'm eric follow us on twitter patreon instagram and youtube and oh, i'm just kidding Spotify. <laughs> that's why <what> i got <laughs> <laughs> all right guys it's been a blast. We'll see you on the next one. Peace. Peace.